and welcome to episode number 176 of the Lions Podcast, brought to you by BetMGM. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Stephen Anderson. We talk all the big news, all the big happenings, all the big bets, all the big everything going on in this crazy gambling industry of ours. And we have another special themed podcast here for you guys. We're going to talk NFL divisions. We got some news come out this week that really shifted how me uh, personally, some of the bets that I have in my account uh, aren't as sexy anymore. That's for sure. And we'll hit on all of that. But Stephen, um, you know, look, it's it's basically football season at this point for us, especially over at the lines and play picks. We'll certainly continue talking about baseball. And as we move closer to the playoffs, we'll increase that content a ton. But uh, as we sit about a week out from I mean, about a month out from football season, really getting going in earnest, we're, we're really going to crank up the football content. Yeah, cannot wait. Just talk to our, our team of writers today for some football content that we're going to be putting out on a weekly basis, some stuff that should be actionable uh, for the NFL betters out there, whether you are a, a big money better or more of a casual better. You know, we're going to be doing a survivor pick tool with implied probabilities based on the money lines every week. We're going to be tracking line movement from sharp money every single week. We're going to keep an eye on injuries every week in the NFL and let you know which ones we think are more significant to teams than others based on the depth that they have at that position on the roster and whether we think it impacts the line. So a ton of great sharp stuff coming out for you guys for football season. And one other thing that we do have uh, going on is if you want to take a look at the YouTube page, we are rolling out team previews um, every single day, basically until football season gets going. So head on over to the YouTube page. Of course, everything over there is absolutely free as well. But let's kick things off here with the AFC East. As we sit over at BetMGM, the Bills are your favorite at minus 155. Dolphins plus 325. Patriots plus 350 in the Jets at 20 to one. Stephen, when we take a look at this division, I mean, look, we know the Patriots vastly underperformed last year. They had a ton of guys sit out uh, during the COVID season. Cam Newton played pretty terribly. You have the Dolphins who made the switch full time to Tua Tagovailoa. You kind of look at the underlying stats with him. He didn't have any receivers that could actually get any separation, get open. So what do they do? They go out, not only get Will Fuller in free agency, but they also go ahead and draft him, Devontae Smith as well. Um, I mean, Jalen Waddle as well. So like we're we're sitting here, you know, a couple of revamped teams, Patriots super active in free agency, but there sit the Bills at minus 155. And they didn't do a ton in free agency because they really didn't have to. Um, This team was pretty much loaded top to bottom. When you look at this division, I I mean, no offense to Jets fans out there, but I don't think any of us uh, see the Jets winning this division this year. I do think the Jets are on the right track. I actually liked what they did in free agency and the draft, but uh, still a little bit away for them. Do you think this is kind of bills or bust here? The uh, yeah, the Bills absolutely minus one fifty five at BetMGM. I think they're actually is a little bit of value in that number. Believe it or not, we talk a lot about value is value, and um, you know it's not just the players that they have. For me, it's also the extreme continuity that they have on the coaching staff. They brought back everybody, and for me, most importantly, they brought back Brian Dable, who I think is the best coordinator in the NFL. I was shocked that he didn't get a head coaching opportunity 
after this past season. So, I mean, Buffalo was the second most pass-heavy team on early downs last year, which I love to see. I like it when teams are more forward-thinking and not operating their offense like it's still 1975. And they not only were that heavy with their pass volume on early downs, they were ranked third in early down pass efficiency as well. So they gave Josh Allen the keys to the offense. He performed magnificently. They have one of the best route runners, if not the best route runner in the NFL, and Stephon Diggs leading their attack and their their assortment of weapons. Um, who knows what Emmanuel Sanders is at this point in his career, but the dude knows how to get open. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk on your first takes in your NFL lives of the world that are going to talk about the vaccination rates of all these teams and how the Bills have Cole Beasley, who won't shut up about it on social media. But this is also a team that their coach, Sean McDermott, came out and said 80 percent of their roster has at least one covid shot. So and this is also a team that won the division last year, despite vaccinations and shots not existing in this world. So they will be fine. They have a ton of continuity. And that to me is what's most important. Um, that's going to be a challenge for these other teams in the division, not to mention the extreme quarterback questions that all three of the other teams in the division have that the Bills just don't have at this point. They are operating at just a different level of comfort and stability that the other three teams do not have. One of the other things that you mentioned about that quarterback position that I think is a little bit under the radar here for this Buffalo Bills team is that they went out and they signed Mitch Trubisky. And yeah, I like that. And you, you know, we talk about these teams that if you kind of look at and if the if something happened at the quarterback position, you could see the team really falling off a cliff. Hey, let's look at the Dallas Cowboys last year. As soon as Dak Prescott went down, that team just the all I mean, the wheels completely came off. Well, you look at the Bills, and granted, as long as it's not a serious injury to Josh Allen, you have to look at Mitch Trubisky now in a different light. Now, is he a starter in the NFL? I think he's proven that he's probably not an every every week starter in the NFL. But he might actually be the very best backup in all of the NFL at this point. When you talk about guys who have tons of experience, who still have a skill set that could probably play in the NFL, but just not be a consistent winner. I love this signing. And I think what the Bills did were basically saying with the signing of Ms. Trubisky that this is our year. We're going at it this year and we're not going to allow Josh Allen, you know, twisting an ankle or spraining an ankle and having to sit out for four weeks, derail our season and derail our chances of being able to do that. And so I'm with you. I like the Bills in this division a ton. I like them at minus 155. They're they're minus 350 to make the playoffs. And I actually don't like that bet, Stephen, because here's the thing. If the if the Bills don't win this division, that means something has gone drastically wrong with this team. Like something has gone right. completely gone off the rails. And so I'm not laying 350 for this team to 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 make the playoffs where I think, you know, maybe if you're a if you're a if you're bullish on, let's say the Dolphins, let's let's say you think that that, uh, you know, Tua takes a giant step forward in year two here where they are plus 110 to make the playoffs. Like a bet like that is much more attractive to me than a Bills to make the playoffs, because the only way I see the Bills not winning this division is if something just goes horribly, horribly wrong. And then they're probably not making the playoffs at that point anyway. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. And what's interesting to me about the BetMGM markets is you actually have uh, odds on which team will finish second in this division. Uh, and you're basically getting identical odds on 
all three teams, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Patriots, plus 180, plus 190, plus 195, respectively. And I actually kind of like the Patriots there as to finish second at plus 195 ahead of the Dolphins. Uh, we know that they lost a ton of players opting out because of COVID before the season started last year. So they were starting behind the eight ball with that. Not to mention they lost the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, this year, they draft a quarterback in the first round who many speculated was at least the the one who could step in early and be functional, at least. Who knows what his ceiling is? I do think he probably had the, the lowest ceiling of the first round quarterbacks in this draft. But I do think he might have had the highest floor for his rookie season for Mac Jones. So um, I talked about this on a previous podcast. I would actually... Uh, I'm going to bet on Mac Jones to be the week one starter for the Patriots just because of how different your offenses have to function, whether it's Cam Newton or Mac Jones. And I think the Patriots have seen enough of Cam Newton and they re-signed him not knowing if they'd be able to get a quarterback in the draft. Now that they have, I mean, I don't see the point of running a totally different offense with Cam Newton than you would with your young quarterback and Mac Jones. Stick him out there, let him grow, let him learn and you rebuilt a ton of offensive weapons around him, they're going back to that tried-and-true Patriot style of two tight ends and two pass-catching tight ends as well, with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry now signing there as free agents. They're going to bring back some pieces on defense uh, that weren't there last year because of COVID. So I think there's some decent value there on the Patriots at plus 190 to finish, uh, plus 195 to finish second in this division with the quarterback questions that the Dolphins still have as well. Yeah, so I am, um, I'm sitting here, uh, it's very hard for me to find a way that this, uh, th that this Bills team doesn't win this division. So for me, I think the bet for the AFC East for me is just Bills minus 155 let's head over to the afc north here steven this is going to be one of the more interesting divisions because you have the ravens a tried and true kind of proven team here over the last couple of seasons you have the browns who towards the end of last season really started to show the potential and what they were going to be able to do as well you have the Steelers who if you believe Ben Roethlisberger who says okay my shoulder is completely back I'm you know I'm back to being uh, you know Big Ben of old then you know you can go there as well they're sitting at four to one and then you have the Bengals they're, they're 25 to one they're they're a couple of seasons away I think we can both can agree on that Ravens the favorite at plus 115 Browns plus 150 to win the AFC North if we take a look at this Browns team and this is a team that a lot of people are high on, including me. I'll go ahead for full transparency. I have the Browns every which way but loose. Um, I have them. I have them sitting, you know, I have them winning the division. I have them winning the conference. I have them winning the Super Bowl. I have over on their win total. I have the whole nine yards on the Browns here. If you look what they did in free agency, they brought in safety. John Johnson. He is going to start immediately. They brought in defensive end Jadavian Clowney. He is going to start immediately. They brought in corner Troy Hill. He is going to start immediately. Defensive end Tack McKinley is going to be in the rotation there on the defensive side of the ball. They don't even need him to start. They brought in Malik Jackson to start on the defensive line at defensive tackle. Anthony Walker, a line backer as well the Browns knew what they needed they didn't need 
anything on the offensive side of the ball. That thing is pretty much taken care of. It's the defensive side. What did they do in the draft? They go and draft a corner in Greg Newsom with their first pick, the second pick, second round. They draft a linebacker. They, I mean, this is just one of those deals where they drafted, I think, for for need. Not only that, they get back Greedy Williams, by the by the way, who didn't hard, who hardly played at all last year. They get back Grant Delpit, their first round pick from last year, who didn't play at all because of injury. So I mean, like this defense is going to be absolutely loaded. It is the number one ranked offensive line heading into the season. According to Pro Football Focus, they return all five starters from a line that ranked number that ranked first in pass blocking grade and second in run blocking grade last year. Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio, all these guys just absolute studs. Steven, I love the I love the Browns. I think the Browns take a huge step forward here. I like the Browns in this division. Talk me off of it. I, I'm I'm going to have a hard time doing it. I mean, the obvious devil's advocate would be the Ravens, the favorites at plus 115, and you are getting plus money on them, which is, you know, always good in these preseason futures. Um, you know, we just talked about the Bills at minus 155, but there's just a laundry list of reasons to, to consider that, uh, that minus number value. But I generally look for plus money. So these divisions where there isn't a, a, a favorite over the field uh, are ones I like to pick on. So... Uh, with the Cleveland Browns, I got a, a, a close-up look of how smart and how good of a leader their GM right now, Andrew Berry, was when I was working for the Indianapolis Colts, and he was basically the right-hand man of their of their general manager, Ryan Grigson. He is sharp as a whip, a Harvard education. You've seen the moves that he has made since he has gotten the job as GM in Cleveland smart forward thinking moves to fill holes in the roster with uh, team friendly deals that aren't overspending and not getting out of control. Uh, You saw what Kevin Stefanski did in his first year as the head coach of this team in a COVID season that hadn't posted a winning record since 2007 and hadn't made the playoffs since 2002. Despite all of that, he put it all together and had an impressive season for the Browns. And, um, you know, they even had some injuries on that oh, offensive oh, line. Oh, hey, Steven. Oh, you yeah. know what I didn't mention? By the yeah. way, they get Odell Beckham back. Like, yeah, he's this is like, too. Like, like, this is like a guy that I didn't even mention here. You, know, you get Odell Beckham back on, on the team as well. So, I mean, yes, I understand that there was a little bit of kind of chemistry issues between he, he and Baker early on in the season. I think Baker really kind of took his step forward in the latter half of last season, really kind of t- took over that leadership role and really, really started to sling the ball pretty good. I mean, if you look at the offensive statistics for this Cleveland team, this is another one of those things where it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story because Cleveland was the only team in the league last year that dealt with three very, very harsh weather games, like two games where the wind was blowing 30 to 40 miles an hour. I mean, if you if you guys remember the one of the games I'm talking about where the field goal went up and took a hard left turn because of the wind, it was like there was nothing going on that game. And then one that was just this torrential rain game as well with Cleveland. So you're going to look at these stats and they're not going to really jump off the page. But the three games offensively were really just kind of wiped off of the books for this for this Browns team. So if you kind of just give them even average stats in those games, you can see that that, uh, you know, it's, it's much more of a rosy outlook for for, for this team. And I don't really taking anything away from the Ravens here, Steven. I just think that the Browns are just, are just better. I mean, I listen, I know that I am, my eyes tell me that Baker Mayfield's a better passer than Lamar Jackson is. And if you look from a talent standpoint, 
player to player, position to position on both sides of the ball. I think Cleveland is just a more talented team as well. And so I do understand the Ravens have been there, done that. Cleveland are kind of the new boys on the block here. But go ahead and give me I want to be early on this Browns team as opposed to late. So so give me the Browns here. Yeah, and the, and the Ravens, um, you know, they lost DJ Fluker on the offensive line. They are still trying to figure out their wide receiver position. Uh, for Cleveland, if you look at what Stefanski did, and hat tip to Warren Sharp for digging into these numbers, but uh, before Stefanski got there in 2019, Mayfield on early downs was in shotgun 73% of the time, only had 6.9 yards per attempt. Under center, he was... 27% of the snaps with a 9.2 yards per attempt. Stefanski saw that, completely flipped those numbers on early downs in 2020, dropped down to only 53% of snaps out of shotgun on early downs, 47% out of center or under center, 10.7 yards per attempt on under center early down snaps for Baker Mayfield last year. This team leaned into their strengths on offense, stopped worrying about showcasing their number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, and just did what they do best. They operated with a very strong offensive line and one of the best early down rushers in Nick Chubb in the NFL, mixed in one of the best dual threat running backs in the NFL, Kareem Hunt, quite often to keep both of them fresh, and then let Baker Mayfield just benefit from a lot of play action and and operating with a ton of time to throw the ball. They went from the 23rd to second in the NFL in terms of the time Baker Mayfield had to throw the ball from 2019 to 2020. So um, just a complete makeover in a COVID season, no less. And they look strong and poised to just build on that this year. I And I think you and I are both of the mindset here that I don't really care what Ben Roethlisberger says. Um, I think he's, I think he's, yeah, I think, I I think he's, I think he's dust. And so if you have a quarterback in a league as in a division as strong as this with the Ravens and the Browns and and your quarterback is dust, I just, I I don't see a path to the Steelers overtaking the Browns and the Ravens to win this division. I think teams figured out the Steelers at the end of last year. And I think, um, you know, it, it reminded me a lot of the end of Peyton Manning's career, um, where now they had an elite defense his final year and they were able to win the Super Bowl with him managing games and not throwing deep. But the year before, the the Broncos lost the divisional round playoff game to Andrew Luck and the Colts because they literally, the defensive coaches said after the game, they literally knew Peyton Manning was physically unable to throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. And I saw a lot of similarities with that with Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers towards the end of last year. So until I see him be able to throw a consistent deep ball early in the season, then I can't put my faith in him to survive a season and and win a division, no less, with how competitive this division is. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I like what the Bengals are doing. I think they're a couple of years away, so we don't need to spend a ton of time on them. They're not going to win that division this year. Uh, AFC South. This is another hotly contested division here between two teams and then a couple of teams uh, that are that are you know way below them. The Colts are your favorite at plus 105. The Titans right behind them at plus 110. Then you have the Jags at 9-1 to one, and then the Texans at 25-1. to one. Let me just start off with the Texans here and say this, Stephen. I've gone on record as this. I have bets already in my account on this. I am already, you know, all in on thinking that this Texans team could be one of historically one of the worst teams we've ever seen 
in the NFL. Um, when we take a look, it is very, very, very likely they are not going to have Deshaun Watson. It seems as if whether it's suspension or whether he gets traded or whatever it is, he's not going to be there. There's no J.J. Watt. You look and it's going to be a combination of Terod Taylor until they realize that they have to play Davis Mills, because if not, you completely wasted your first pick in the draft, which they didn't have a pick until the third round, but they drafted Davis Mills. If you're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, that means you're going to pick highly in the draft the next season, which most likely means you need to take a quarterback. And so they're going to have to turn to Davis Mills and at least see what they got in him at some point in the season. So Terod Taylor is just basically a placeholder here until they figure out, you know, whether Davis Mills is any good or not. And then you just look at this, what they did in the offseason, you just like shake your head. What the like Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay and Rex Burkhead, they bring in three running backs and they already have David Johnson on the roster as it is. Anyway, I, you know, just Dante Moncrief has had five catches over the last two seasons. They, they bring him in. It's just so incredibly confusing as to what they are doing. So I am all in on this team being one of the worst teams maybe we've ever seen. And you can bet on them to finish fourth in the division at BetMGM. The Texans minus 350 to finish last in this division. Which, I think it's money well spent. Yeah. I mean, I'm, personally, I'm I just my style. I don't like uh, locking up a lot of money for an entire season at minus 350 odds. But when you look at some of the other favorites to finish fourth in their divisions, I mean, the Bengals are minus 800. The Jets are minus 450. You're getting the Texans at a better price than those teams right. to finish fourth in their division. So uh, something to consider there. Yeah. But just wanted I mean, to kind of rant on them real quick because it's yeah, just like it's, it's like one of those where I think that there is value in fading this team. Right. I mean, it's just like it is. It's it's one of the other things about this. It, it, the defensive line, they're not going to be able, teams are going to be able to get leads on them. And then they're just going to be able to just bully and beat the hell out of this team. Like it was the dead last rated defensive line in the NFL in 2020. And that was when they had JJ Watt who rated out as an 85, according to pro football focus. And they were still dead last in the NFL. Now they don't have, now they don't have JJ Watt. Ross Blaylock graded at a 30 Whitney merciless graded at a 39. Like it is, it teams are going to get up and that defensive line is not going to be able to stop them from just running the ball down their throat and then bleeding the clock. There's no comeback wins in this team's future at all. And so it would not surprise me if this team wins one or dare I say goes winless. Yeah. And there are some books out there that you can get odds on them to go winless, or you can actually get odds on them just to have the worst record in the NFL. And I, I last time I saw you're getting, um, I think close to plus 200 or maybe a little more on that because the lions are still up there at the top of the board too. So uh, that might be, that might be the way you can play the Texans yeah. here. If, if you don't want to lay uh, minus juice. I don't think we're on the Jags this year, nine to one to win the division, especially not with the two teams that are up top that are as strong as they are. So let's start with the favorite here in the Colts at plus one Oh five. Of course, the big news for them, they go out and they get Carson Wentz. What do you think about this Colts team? Because for me, I'll have to I have to admit here, I am not extremely high on this Colts team. I do understand. I like Frank Reich and I do believe that he is is really, really good at his job. And at the end of the day, though, for me, I'm just really, really hung up on the fact here, Stephen, that 
you got Carson Wentz at quarterback. We have such an incredibly small sample size of him having success in the NFL. Like we have, you know, a seven, eight game sample size of him having success and a much larger sample size of him not being any good. And I just don't know if if uh, he's going to be able to do what it needs to take to win a division that has a team with the Titans, like a team like the Titans in it. Yeah, and, and the Colts lost an important piece on their offensive line as well uh, with the retirement of Anthony Costanzo. And I know they have some good pieces on there still, uh, but that's that's an important piece to try and figure out for them, especially when your quarterback is now Carson Wentz, who we saw last year, uh, to say the least, does not handle pressure very well. Uh, and honestly, there were reports in the postmortem of that divorce in Philadelphia uh, some very specific anonymous reports about meetings and meeting rooms with Carson Wentz where they were going over game tape and it was a simple play in the first read. All he had to do is snap the ball, look at his first read and throw it to the first read and he was just missing it and he wasn't even looking that way or wasn't even throwing that way and there was no good explanation for it. So Put me in the camp of Carson Wentz is a major red flag for 2021, and I'm not buying the narrative that he's paired back up with Frank Reich and can fix him. Frankly, I think the Colts have been trying to put a Band-Aid over a broken bone since Andrew Luck retired and trying to figure out this quarterback position. Um, Now, to their credit, they still have a, a pretty strong roster elsewhere that's going to compete for this division. But if I am betting money in the preseason on a team with as many question marks at quarterback as the Colts do, and I have another team with slightly better odds than them that has a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that over his past two seasons with Tennessee in this offense has been on a per game and per throw basis, literally as efficient as Patrick Mahomes and you just give him Julio Jones on top of all of that, then I'm going to take the better odds on that team and not have to worry about Carson Wentz having a return to play when his best season was years ago at this point. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, man. Like I I look at this and I think this is the Titans division. I mean, if you look at strength of schedule, they're right next to each other. Um, you know, 12th for the Colts, 14th for the Titans. So it's not like one has a, a big advantage over the other when it comes to strength of schedule and, and teams that they're going to be playing. And so for me, I look at this and I take a, a guy. It is at least proven at this point. I think we've got enough of a sample size here of Tannehill to realize that he's he's a he's a capable quarterback in the NFL. Then you bring, you know, you still have Derrick Henry. You have A.J. Brown, who's an absolute stud, and then you bring in Julio Jones so that honestly should only complement A.J. Brown and help A.J. Brown really reach his potential because now you have a true number two there that is going to be able to take some attention off A.J. Brown. He's going to be able to, you know, get get open more often, get more single coverages and, and be able to do his thing. And so I am... I am really, really, really high on the Titans actually winning the AFC South. I actually think the Colts could be one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL so long as Carson Wentz plays to what we have kind of come to know Carson Wentz to be. And so, yes, could he completely outperform what I think he will do? That is certainly that is certainly in the realm of possibility of him being able to do that. But 
I just don't think that that's him. I don't think that's him as a player, Stephen. And so with that, if if I'm getting the Titans even at, at, a, at a little bit better price than I'm getting the Colts, then that's how I'm betting this division. Here's the other thing, too, that that I'm considering in a bet like this. The fact that the Colts gave up what is right now a second round pick for Carson Wentz. If he plays enough snaps this year, then that will escalate and they'll have to give up their first round pick next year for him. And I'm looking at this early season schedule for the Colts. And if Carson Wentz does not play well, then the Colts are going to be incentivized to try a different quarterback to not have to give up that first round pick next year. So in their early season schedule, they have the 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 Seahawks at home, the Rams at home, Titans on the road, Dolphins on the road, another double digit win team mm-hmm. last year, the Ravens on the road in their first five weeks. Right. This season could get out of hand quick, like it could get out of hand very quickly. Absolutely. I mean, and they I haven't even mentioned that they still have the 49ers, the Bills, the Buccaneers on their schedule as well before they get to a week 14 bye. So that is a a very tough schedule. Yeah, I look at this and it's like, yeah, I understand it gets soft after the bye Patriots, Cardinals, Raiders, Jags. And so they could be out of it by then. But that's the thing, right? It's like it could be it could be over at that point. Like it could be completely over. And so, yeah, I'm not buying. I'm selling. I like the Titans here in this division. Give me the plus 110 on them in the AFC South. The AFC West, we don't have to spend a ton of time on. The Chiefs are minus 300. The Broncos, 5-1. to one, Chargers, 6-1. to one, Raiders, 18-1. to one. The Raiders are not going to win the division. Chargers are not going to win the division. The Broncos are not going to win the division. The Chiefs are going to win this division. It would take multiple injuries to this Chiefs team for them. Multiple season-long injuries, I should say for them not to win this division, Stephen. I mean, I guess the thing is, is that is, I guess, at least within the realm of possibility. So I don't know if I'm laying the three to one on the Chiefs to win the division. I'm probably just not playing the AFC West altogether. Yeah, the uh, the one to three odds on the Chiefs to win the division are, are hefty. Um, I will say this, though, and I'm curious what you think. Um, they're not very deep. Right. I mean, any team is vulnerable if you lose your quarterback. So we won't talk about that. But I mean, if if they were to lose Tyreek Hill an unproven Nicole Hardman is behind them, if they lose Travis Kelsey, they got nothing to replace his production in the middle of the field. Um, they, they, they spent a lot of time patchworking the offensive line to make it better this year. On paper, it looks a lot better, but we haven't, you know, continuity matters a ton with offensive lines. And you don't get as many full pad practices and you don't get this unit playing a ton in the preseason together as they used to in the past. So I think it's still to be determined with their offensive line. And then from a pass rushing standpoint, you have this Frank Clark situation that is still to be determined in terms of NFL discipline. I mean, the guy is facing charges for having an Uzi in his car uh, like he's, you know, playing a video game or, or some shit but (laughs) like so there are there are ways you could see the chiefs falter a little bit so i would i mean for me this is a stay away in this division i'm not going to bet anybody in this division 
But if I was going to take a flyer on somebody, I don't know why the Chargers are plus 600 behind the Broncos at plus 500. I think that Broncos price we're seeing right now was baking in the possibility of them acquiring a quarterback, which I don't think is going to happen anymore. It does. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to to happen. I'm with you. Like that is the number to me that if you were going to play this division and if you were playing it on the on the, you know, off chance that the wheels completely fall off for the chiefs then you're playing the chargers at six to one you're not playing the the broncos at five to one not with that quarterback situation that they have going on i mean uh, look i understand that there are still some warts and a couple of holes there on this chargers team but drew lock ain't winning you a division like that's just not that's just not happening and so i'm with you i think it's teddy bridgewater by the way neither is teddy teddy bridgewater and and I think He's that, that I think like you said I think that what we're looking at here is a a price that was what if they acquire player X Y or Z I understand the hot name was Aaron Rodgers but you know listen they have they've been looking for a quarterback there's just no question about that no doubt that they've been trying to fill that hole so yeah I mean I, I look at this and I'm like huh I, if I was going to play this outside of just passing which I think is my initial reaction here. Uh, I would put the Chargers at six to one. I think they would be the team to beat in that division. Should, like you said, a a monumental collapse happen in Kansas City where they lose Mahomes, lose one of the two big stud receivers, and then this offensive line that they went out and you know completely revamped, spent a ton of money, and it should be on paper, it should be awesome, but we we don't know for sure. Um, say the offensive line isn't any good or something, and and Mahomes is still having to deal with all that pressure and stuff. So yeah, I mean it's um. I think it's Chargers or pass for me, I guess, in this division. Yeah, and I mean, I, I suppose there is a scenario where Deshaun Watson stuff gets cleaned up and, and they trade him, and I'm sure the Broncos would be interested in that. But from my perspective, the Texans are far more likely to trade a franchise quarterback of that caliber outside of the conference, and the Eagles have a hell of a lot more draft capital than the Denver Broncos do. So... Um, I'd be surprised at this point. I think I think the Broncos were trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And uh, yeah, at, at this price, with what we know now, you can't bet the Broncos at a price. If you're going to take a flyer, for me, it would have to be the Chargers. Yep, I'm with you as well there. Let's head over to the NFC, NFC East. This is another division that might actually be the most interesting as far as division races in all of football because you could probably make a case for any of these teams, um, Cowboys are your favorite at plus 115. The football team at plus 250. The Giants at four and a half to one. And then the Eagles at five to one. Steven, here's the thing about this division. There are question marks at the most important position for all four teams in this division, which is why I say this thing could be completely wide open. You look at the Cowboys, Dak Prescott coming back off of a catastrophic injury. Is he going to be the same player? Is he going to be the same Dak Prescott that we knew before this happened? Washington football team goes and acquires uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That said, quarterbacks get up to that late, late 30s age kind of tier, and you and I have seen it a ton Now, medical technology and these guys take care of their bodies a lot better than they did back in the day and all that. However, you get in that upper 30s and we've seen guys just kind of fall off a cliff like we have seen like, okay, they're decent the season before and then they're absolutely putrid the next season. Could that be Ryan Fitzpatrick this year? We don't know. The Giants is Daniel Jones any good 
at all. I mean, what we saw as a rookie was kind of promising. And we were like, oh, okay, as a rookie, this guy might can can go into some. There was huge regression in year two. Now, could that be because limited training camps and the whole COVID situation, all the weirdness and all that? It very well could be. But question mark nonetheless there for the Giants. And then with the Eagles, I don't even have to tell you. We know what the question mark is, is that is Jalen Hurts any good or not? We don't know. We saw him play four games last year. So um, this division is super, super interesting. Yeah, I've actually made two bets in this division uh, with different strategies for them. I've bet one team in this division as a massive Super Bowl long shot with the um, luxury here in Pennsylvania and you know other legal sports betting online states where you could potentially have a cash out option. Uh, the other team I've bet the long shot to win the division. This is the division where I'm taking a shot at a long shot to win it. And it's the Giants at plus 450 to win this division. If I look at, you know, what this team was last year under a first year head coach and first year coaching staff. Now, it was one of the worst divisions in the history of the NFL. But the Giants were competitive and they came within a game of winning this division last year. And they now bring back Saquon Barkley at some point. It may not be week one, but that is a massive weapon to add. They added Kenny Galladay in free agency. That is a massive help for Daniel Jones to be comfortable in the passing game. They spent a first-round pick on a vertical threat and a joystick type in in Kadarius Toney. So he has gotten all the help he needs. Uh, I believe Nate Solder is going to return after sitting out for COVID last year. So that's that's not a, a move in the wrong direction for their offensive line, although I still have offensive line questions. But then on the defensive side, they were strong defensively last year. They had a decent pass rush. I really like what they've done with the secondary. They have a shutdown corner in James Bradbury. They got some help on the other side in signing a Dory Jackson. So, and this is a team that was pretty competitive in the division as well last year. So, um, The question is, is obviously Daniel Jones, the quarterback, but I think they've surrounded him with enough weapons where it's not going to be as glaring this year if they're balanced. Whereas the Cowboys have massive issues on defense. Washington won the division last year, but I mean, we're still talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Can they survive with him? And they are going to have a quarterback at least. You know, at least both quarterbacks are going to take first team reps or the report. So Taylor Heineke's going to get some reps there for Washington. So it's not impossible that he's the starter. And obviously, the Eagles have a very old roster. Uh, now, this is the team that I took a flyer at 125 to one to win the Super Bowl because I don't see a team that that is rebuilding. They have spent the very little cap money they've had this year after being in cap hell to bring on new players and bring on some immediate contributors. Steven Nelson, the most recent cornerback who was solid a couple years ago and could be a good number two cornerback. Now, at 125 to one, do I actually think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, but it's almost for me like buying a stock low in these markets where you have cash out options. And I do think that they are in play for Deshaun Watson if all this cleans up on the legal side and the civil side with Deshaun Watson, because they have shown signs of still wanting to compete this year and not going straight into rebuilding mode. Mm -hmm. The very little cap space that they had, they could have used that for next year. Any extra cap space you have this year, you can roll over into next year. And they chose not to do that. They brought back an old center in Jason Kelsey. 
They use that money to sign some extra free agents. They're trying to compete this year. They are not tanking. So with the extra picks that they had, there there is a world where they get Deshaun Watson. And if that happens, I'd much rather have Super Bowl futures with Deshaun Watson than I would division futures. So that's been kind of my strategy in the NFC East. I think I'll have the option to, to cash out if week four comes around and and, uh, and they don't have Deshaun Watson. Uh, and I'm willing to take that risk even if I can't because it's just such a small investment at 125 to one. But in terms of division futures, for all the reasons I said, I think the Giants are worth a flyer at plus yeah. 450. Yeah, I think it's any I think my answer to this is anybody but the Cowboys. Right. Like, I mean, it's such a small price on the Cowboys where uh, so many question marks on the defensive side of the ball. And again, like we expect now uh, we expect Dak Prescott to be back and be good. But we don't know. We've seen guys come back from injuries and not and, and not be able to perform at the level that they were before. And so. I think the answer is anybody but. I mean, Washington seems to be the popular team that everyone's talking about here. Listen, the defense is absolutely amazing. There's no doubt about that at all, right? I mean, if we're, we're not going to sit here and and try and say that the the Washington football team's defense is not absolutely amazing. I mean, if we take a look, Pro Football Focus has them, you know, has them absolutely the second best defensive line in the entire NFL, you look, I mean, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And then they added William Jackson to that secondary, who has been a super awesome man coverage guy, kind of under the radar over the last three or four seasons as well. And so I bet the overall in Washington's win total. Now that number is now gone. So that is, you know, a little bit unfortunate here. Whenever we start to kind of talk about that, it's up to eight and a half. It opened at eight. And with that, I had a lot of push equity in this team, you know, being a game under 500. Um, but I, uh, I think one of the strategies for this team is uh, for this uh, division as well, Stephen, is if you're going to bet, one of these teams to win the division, you're not betting one of these teams to make the playoffs because only one team is coming out of this division for sure. Like there's yeah. not going to be two teams come out of this division. So don't take the worst price at betting one of these teams to make the playoffs. Just bet them to win the division because I do not see a scenario, especially as strong as the NFC is in these other divisions for two teams coming out of here. Yeah, I don't honestly don't know what the Cowboys were doing on defense this year. I mean, they spent their first round pick on a linebacker. And like, what did you think of that pick? Yeah, I I mean, look, I I get what they, you know, they've always been that. Oh, we have this like middle linebacker force that has all, you know, like has always been our guy. And so now we're able to now we're able to do that again. And here we go. But I mean, you know, I'm. I see what they were going for. I understand kind of what your what the thought is behind. It. I mean, Micah Parsons runs a damn four four as like a absolute beast linebacker. I mean, it's going to be r- ridiculous him out there on the on on the field. I mean, I think they just went and realized their defense was terrible, and they just took best player available. So, I mean, you can see the the path that they went. They go linebacker, corner, defensive tackle, defensive end, corner, linebacker with their first picks in the draft. So, right. at least the, at least they decided, hey, we're terrible on defense. We're going to try and do something about it. And they did sign uh, Keanu Neal as well as as, as a free agent. Um, for me, I just don't think that the that they're head and shoulders above any of these other guys. And especially when like you're talking about, you're getting 
you know, two and a half to one on Washington, four and a half to one on the Giants, or even five to one on the Eagles. I would not hate someone if they wanted to play the Eagles as a longer shot in this division. I do like the Giants better than the Eagles to to win this division, but um, I just don't think that the Cowboys are clearly better than Washington or the Giants, in my personal opinion. And so that's why the the price for me is way too short. And it's either it's either Washington or the Giants for me if I'm betting the NFC East. Uh, NFC North, this has changed drastically over the last 48 hours. Uh, the Packers are now a big favorite at minus 165. Vikings plus 260, Bears 5 to 1, and then Lions 25 to 1. And why is that, you ask? And it's because Aaron Rodgers has reported to camp. All indications are he is going to play for the Packers this year. One last season. Apparently, they have come to terms on him just giving this one more go, which is just really, really interesting. Um, Steven, let's uh, let's talk about that. Packers minus 165. With Aaron Rodgers being there, does this make them the overwhelming favorite over a Vikings team that I think you could at least start to make a case for is is at least in the mix? Yeah, I think this line at this point is is pretty sharp. Um, I don't see much value on any of these teams now that we know Aaron Rodgers is back. Uh, I wish I could go back in time when I was in Vegas last week and and the Packers were sitting on the board at like plus 200 at a lot of shops when the Rodgers stuff uh, yeah. wasn't unknown. But um, I got to admit, I, I, I thought he was going to retire. I, I fully like I, I, I'll just I'll fully. I mean, this was a division I was talking about at the top of the podcast. I took a bunch of I took a bunch of pieces of of the Vikings and the Bears Um uh, just because of the way that the numbers had played out and and you know I felt comfortable with all that hey look you know that one of the things we do in gambling Stephen is sometimes we try to speculate sometimes we try and read the tea leaves and everything seemed to be pointing to him not coming back and playing this year apparently the uh, Green Bay Packers front office decided to just bend over and let him do whatever he wanted to do to them and so um you know that's just not the case i'm just gonna have to eat this and and you know lose some money this year maybe i don't know look the vikings i think still have enough talent to to at least contend with the packers but i mean the, the packers are certainly the the better team now yeah i mean it's they're the rightful favorite they are lined where i think they should be um yeah now the reason I'm not betting them at a similar line to what the Bills are in their division is because I think the competition is a little bit stiffer in this division. Um, I would have more confidence in the Packers slipping versus these teams than I would the Bills slipping against the Patriots or the Dolphins uh, just because of you know quarterback play for the Vikings, but the Bears also being a pretty well-rounded roster, and I think Justin Fields having a pretty high ceiling whenever he winds up taking the field. So, um, yeah, I, it's I just don't see any value. I think the Packers win the division. I don't want to lock up a bunch of money at, at minus one sixty-five for the year, but others may others may be okay with that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate someone if they did want to speculate a little bit on the Vikings, but I'm just not my my. My bullishness is certainly uh, is certainly gone. You know, I mean, look, they do. They did pick up, you know, Patrick Peterson and he's going to, you know, come in and, and play corner. They did draft an offensive tackle in the first round, which, you know, I, I think is is always good to go ahead and, and try and get 
some protection for a guy like Kirk Cousins. They upgraded the defensive line. Dalvin Tomlinson comes in. He's a guy that uh, Stephen Weatherly is going to be in the rotation as well for them on the defensive line. So, look, they're, I think that they're a better team than they were last year, this Vikings team, but I don't think that they're good enough to compete there. The NFC South is a very interesting division as well. More from the outside of the Bucks standpoint, the Bucks minus 200 to win the division. And then everything gets kind of wild and wacky here. The Saints are three to one. The Falcons are nine to one. The Panthers are 10 to one. And we don't really know a whole lot about any of these teams. The Saints, we don't know who's even going to start a quarterback for them, whether it's going to be Jameis Winston, um, who, by the way, was the kind of odds on favorite to get things going there until Michael Thomas is going to miss the, at least the beginning of the season. Who knows how much longer he had surgery in June, which really knocks down the outlook of this Saints team and maybe lends them to going more Taysom Hill and trying to run kind of a gadget offense for a while. Who really knows what's happening there? Of course, the Falcons we talked about earlier traded away Julio Jones. Still some talent, obviously, uh, on this Falcons team. And I don't think that Matt Ryan is actually as cooked as people made him out to be last year. But nine to one to win the division and then the Panthers, you know, kind of really starting over there for them at 10 to one. The Sam Darnold era begins for the Panthers. The Bucks are lined at two to one. They bring back all 24 starters, Stephen. It is probably maybe even not even a long enough. I, I, it wouldn't if this was sitting instead of two, like minus 200. If I told you this was minus 310 right now, would you even say that that was mispriced? Because I don't think I could bring myself to saying that that was mispriced. No, I mean, that would be a similar line to what the Chiefs are. And I think the competition in the Chiefs division is tougher than in what it is in the yeah. NFC South. I I think yeah, you make an I, argument the you. Bucks could be even longer than that or shorter than that, I should say. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, like when you look the when the second favorite in the division is the Saints. And again, we're talking about. They one, they don't know who's going to play quarterback. They're all pro receiver now is had surgery in June from an injury that made him play pretty terribly last season. Let's just be honest. I mean, Michael Thomas was a huge disappointment last year for the Saints team. And that the injury was so bad that he had to go and get a, a late in the process surgery. I mean, like waiting till June to go get surgery is not optimal. And he's going to have to miss several games to start the season for this Saints team. You look at the Falcons, offense should still be fine. Defense is still a massive question mark what they're going to do there. And then, of course, we have no idea what we're getting in, you know, all of these guys that the Panthers have put together on on that squad. So, uh, Steven, I, I know we don't like to lock up a lot of money. We don't like to, you know, sit here and and say like, oh, you know, maybe if you want to, you know, put down 200 to win 100, it's not sexy. But if the Bucks did not win the NFC South, I think that that to me, I think would be the most shocking of all the teams in any of the divisions. And that includes the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, they were the one thing we didn't mention is that they're the first team in the Super Bowl era to bring back their starters on both sides of the ball from their Super Bowl roster. So uh, they have the continuity as well. I mean, they are properly priced and I have a hard time seeing how they lose it. Uh, now, for me, like we said at at nauseum, it's just not my style to lay this much negative juice. I mean, Tom Brady gets hurt, and then it totally changes everything. So, and he is, you know, forty four at this point. So, I mean, he's old man River, but he still looks awesome. So, anything—it's a violent sport. Things can happen. That's why I don't like laying this juice. It's just not my personal style. Now, these bet MGM odds are interesting to me for the team to finish second in this division. Right now, the Saints are still plus one thirty with their quarterback 
concerns. And that number has not moved since Michael Thomas has been reportedly uh, going to miss the first half of this season. So that is enormous. I mean, if, if the Saints struggle and Michael Thomas is not quite ready to come back and they want to make sure he's 100%, they could move that timeline back for Michael Thomas. And apparently... He did not go and get surgery when the team wanted him to. He pushed it to later. He was supposed to go to a follow-up appointment for a doctor and never did. So there's some stuff going on there outside of just football with their number one star player as well. So uh, the fact that they are still the favorite to finish second in this division makes me want to maybe take a shot on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are plus 475 at BetMGM to win the NFC South. I like what they did this offseason. They went out and got Sam Darnold on the cheap. He should be at least a decent upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater from a year ago, who was more of just a dink and dunk guy. In the draft, they go out and get the, the one of the receivers I was really impressed with, Terrace Marshall out of LSU. He dropped a little bit in the draft because of some injury concerns, but uh, he has the red jersey off from OTAs. He's good to go for training camp. So he's alongside of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson now. So they have weapons in the passing game. Haven't even mentioned Christian McCaffrey, who's also a weapon in the passing game. And, you know, maybe the best dual threat running back in the NFL when healthy. So he, knock on wood, he'll be healthy for this year. So there's question marks for the Saints. There's question marks for the Falcons with them losing Julio Jones and still having... Um, a defense that hasn't played well in recent years and, and them not really adding to it very much. So uh, the, the Panthers are interesting to me. And I love the fact that Matt Rule is their head coach, a guy who is I like betting on guys who have won at every single level he has coached at. Every single level from the mm-hmm. beginning of his career, at the lowest ranks of football, all the way up through the college levels. He has won with teams that weren't expected to win. And he has pieces now there in Carolina. They spent their entire first draft class last year on defensive players. They're a year in the system now. They should be a little bit better. So plus 475 doesn't seem like the appropriate price for me, with especially with this Michael Thomas news for the Saints. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I just, I'm... I am off the Saints bandwagon. I am literally, I am as far off as humanly possible. I think that this could be a train wreck of a season for this team. I think that there might be a little bit too much cuteness going on with this whole quarterback thing, not going ahead and just naming Jameis Winston the starter, letting him operate as if he is the starter and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of things that are maybe getting in the way down there. In New Orleans, um, again, minus 200 over at Bet MGM for the Bucks to win the NFC South. And again, I, I, I'll say it again. That would be the most shocking outcome in all of the NFL to me is if the Bucks did not win the NFC South. We'll check in with the NFC West here after a quick word from our friends at Bet MGM. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 
522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. And Stephen, let's close things out here with the NFC West. Maybe one of the other, you know, outside of the NFC East, maybe one of the most up in the air divisions that there is. Uh, the 49ers plus 180, the Rams plus 190, the Seahawks plus 280, and then the Cardinals at six to one. Um, you could sit here and look and I could have, I think I could have someone make a compelling case to me for any one of these teams. I think anybody could sit down and really and truly break things down and give me a super compelling case for any of them. Now, do I think that the odds are correct in the Cardinals being the longest? I do, in fact, believe that the Cardinals have the least chance to win this division. That being said, I do not agree with the 49ers being the short shot here. I actually think the Rams are one, not only one of the not only the best team in this division, I think the Rams should be able to compete for not only the conference, but even the Super Bowl, potentially, I think that the acquisition of Matthew Stafford is being far, 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 far undersold here. When you look at how bad Jared Goff was under pressure, how terrible he was at running this offense, the way that Sean McVay wanted this offense to be run. And then you look at just how talent devoid Matt Stafford really has been up there for the majority of his time in Detroit and still able to put up a ton of really, really good numbers. Um, I really, really like this Rams team, Stephen. They go out, they do very, very little in free agency because they really didn't have to. Um, you know, they did go and get a receiver in the second round and Tutu Atwell that I think could be pretty interesting as an addition for Matthew Stafford to kind of be kind of a gadget dink and dunk, you know, this uh, jet sweep, you know, all kinds of stuff that you could run with a guy like Tutu Atwell and then, you know, spend their next uh, four, three picks on uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I, you know, where they were already one of the awesome, you know, best teams in the league as far as defense goes. So uh, I really, really like the Rams here. I like the Rams at plus 190 to win this division. Yeah, if, if I'm going to bet on the Rams, I would do it in the preseason uh, because I think their number doesn't get longer to start the year. They're going to have week one at home against Chicago, which what sounds like it's going to be Andy Dalton starting that game. Uh, then they got a road game against the Colts, and I don't think their defense will have any issues with with Carson Wentz in that one in a, in a dome environment. Um, and, then, and then they get Tampa on the road, but they should be 2-0 at that point, in my opinion. Um, the team that I like in terms of a value here is Seattle at plus 280. Uh, we saw a couple years ago, even when the 49ers were at full strength and uh, almost won the Super Bowl, Seattle was literally an inch away from winning that division in the final week of the regular season. So we know that they have the ceiling with Russell Wilson and the weapons they have on offense with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But their schedule is difficult to start the year. They got the road game with the Colts, and they come home against Tennessee. Uh, then they still have Minnesota on the road, San Francisco on the road, the Rams at home. So 
there's a chance that they could start two and three, and then maybe you get a better number than the plus 280 that Seattle is on right now. And I don't think there's much of a risk in waiting right now, even if they start three and two or four and one. I still think the Rams and the 49ers will still be, um, you know, priced around that number. So I don't think you're risking much in losing that number to wait on Seattle if that's the team you want to bet. That's the team I'm going to look to target to try and get some um, some better value on them because I like their ceiling. But I'm going to wait to see if that number is a little bit better in season after the first month. Uh, but I totally agree with you that I don't I'm a 49ers fan and I don't understand why the 49ers are the favorites to win this division at plus 180. Um, I, I know what they did two years ago, but the rest of the teams in this division have only gotten better. And yeah. the especially the Rams. Now they have Matthew Stafford at quarterback now to go with, you know, a great offensive coach and Sean McVay. Um you know, I, I think that the Cardinals are mispriced at six to one. I think they should be a little bit shorter than that. So if you do want to take, you know, a, a, a team that's fourth in their division odds among all the divisions, this is the division to do it. But yeah, the 49, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the same quarterback he was a couple of years ago if he can stay healthy and they have defensive issues as well. They're not the same defensive team that they were a couple of years ago. So um, yeah, they're, that's there's no value in the 49ers right now to bet them to win the division. That's a team that if you want to bet on to win the division, I would wait for a better number in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, it is because there's a vital stretch as well where you're going to get a pretty good idea of what this 49ers team is made of. As you mentioned, I mean, you're looking at that that Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Colts four game stretch right there early in the yeah. season is I think is going to give you a decent idea of what you've got in this 49ers team. And, you know, we don't think that the Rams are going to fall. So I don't think basically where I'm going with this is I don't think the odds are going to be that much worse on the 49ers. If you wait and you kind of see what you've got going on here, I'm like you, I think the Rams odds only get way, way lower because people are going to look and go, Oh, wow. This is what Sean McVay really wanted out of an offense whenever he was trying to get this done with Jared Goff. Like this is it was never going to happen with Jared Goff, but now you have a capable quarterback and this is what happens, you know. And so I think the odds go away and go shorter for the Rams. I don't think that the odds are going to get that much worse for the 49ers. If anything, maybe get a little bit better for you. If you wanted that, because, again, as the Rams odds move one direction, the 49ers odds are going to move the other. Yeah, I and I have concerns for the 49ers uh with their pass defense. You know, they have some some big name pass rushers up front there, but uh this passing defense and the corners that they have are a concern for me. Uh, so we'll see how they're able to hold up in a division that has some really good wide receivers. I mean, we're a division with DeAndre Hopkins and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, when this division is probably going to come down to how you play against your division opponents, ultimately. And that to me is, is a red flag for the 49ers. If, if they're going to have to get to the quarterback uh, or these cornerbacks are going to be left out on an island. What do we think about when Trey Lance is going to play? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this to me is a very similar situation to what we saw with Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago. And the question is when. Um, they're 
the wor- <laughs> who knows what to believe with Kyle Shanahan, right? During the draft right. process, he said, yeah, the number one, the number, th- our number three overall pick is going to be the starter for the 49ers. And now he's saying that, no, Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback and there is no quarterback competition and Trey Lance will get all the reps with the twos. So um, I, I think this is a classic situation where you have a lot of human elements at play here where you have p- players in that locker room who are very loyal to Jimmy Garoppolo over the past couple of years. And he's going to get every opportunity to keep that job early on. Um, but the, if they get too far behind, they're going to have to go to Lance. But Trey Lance is also a very raw prospect. He played one Uno college football games last year. So right. he has not had a lot of football practice time as well. So long term, I love the pick. I love the upside of pairing him with Kyle Shanahan. And I think there's a chance that if he gets in there even early, they can get a wild card spot with that upside. But um, to to lay odds as a division favorite with that unknown and raw ability and not being polished and getting a lot of time is too much for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I just it's I think it's a wait and see approach for the Niners. I think it's a buy in on the Rams. If you're going to buy them, you need to buy them now before the season gets started. And then uh, Seahawks, like you mentioned, I mean, nearly three to one is certainly a uh, is certainly intriguing on a team that if they don't do what head coach. <laughs> listen, this was the worst, the, the worst thing Pete Carroll, I like at the end of the season goes, yeah, we need to run the ball a bunch more. Like, I mean, it was <laughs> like. You know, listen, I get it. You're the oldest coach in the NFL and you have the oldest mindset. But like, bro, come on. This is a passing league and let your guy go out and pass the ball. I mean, listen, if they let Russ do Russ things, then, you know, the Seahawks could certainly uh, surprise some people here. I don't the the Cardinals for me. Listen, I think the Cardinals are going to win. This is how I look at this Cardinals team. I want to hear what you think. I think this Cardinals team is going to beat like two teams. They have no business beating and then they're going to lose three or four that they have no business absolutely like no business losing. I think that's just how this team is kind of set up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just, they're in the wrong division is what I think. Yeah. I mean, if they were in another, if they're in the NFC East, they'd be like, you know, minus 120 to win that division. Maybe. I mean, you know, it's, they're extremely talented offensive team. They went and got JJ Watt. He's aging, but at least it's a help. Uh, there is some issues with their top pass rusher Chandler Jones. I think is is having some contract issues there, and and might be trying to get out the door and go somewhere else. So that's an issue. So, yeah, I, this team was really cooking when Kyler Murray was healthy last year, and then yep. he had a shoulder issue towards the end of the year that really it bared out in the stats that they were not nearly as good or efficient or explosive with when Kyler was dealing with that shoulder injury. But then I mean, talk about another team where it could be game over yeah. like really early. I mean, Titans, let's just assume the Vikings are at least a solid team, right? So Titans, Vikings, yes, you get the, the Jags, but then Rams, Niners, Browns, you could it worse. If things go South, you could be staring at one in five after six games. Like it, it could be, it could be one of those type scenarios for this Cardinals team where it is like over really quick for them. Yeah. In the first nine weeks, they're going to play 
the Rams, Niners, Browns, Packers, and the Niners again. So, yeah, I mean, would anybody be surprised if they're four and five? I don't think so. No, not at all. And again, like the Titans are a team that is projected to to make the playoffs, you know, have about yep. 10 wins. Uh, and, and again, the Vikings, I think, are at least one of those teams that could surprise people. So, yeah, I'm uh, we would we'll. I don't think it's bettable at six to one for this Cardinals team um, at all. If you if you are bearish on this team, I mean, if you're bullish on this team, like let them get through, let them get through a couple of these uh, tough games early on in the season, and make sure that you're not just kind of pissing away some money because I think that there's a chance that their season could be over by week six, and that's crazy to say, but I think there's a there's at least a chance that that could happen for this team. Rams plus one ninety. The play for me, Stephen likes the Seahawks at plus 280. Guys, everything everything that we talk about here on this podcast, there is definitely adjoining written and video content and all that stuff available over on the website, over on the YouTube channel, all the things like that. Just go to lines.com. On the front page, there's a big fat button that says YouTube. You can click that. will take you to that channel. And then, of course, you can look at all the great written content that is available there as well. Listen, it is football season. We are heading into football season full bore here. Um, all of the podcasts really moving forward outside of the super big, ma- super major sporting stuff that's going on. It's going to be based around football to try to get you ready for this upcoming season. Try to preview as much as humanly possible. Try to find some edges. Try to find something that maybe you want to get in your account. So, Stephen, this is an exciting time of the year for me. I am getting rejuvenated. I'm doing all of my in-depth work here for the NFL season, previewing like every single team and, and trying to figure out the inner workings of all this. And, you know, this is, this is the, this is the time of year I live for. So I couldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. Our audience needs to know how much we get prepared for football season. Matt and I went out and got now, not together, but we went out and got separate massages last week to get rejuvenated (laughs) and ready to go for the football season. This is true. This is true. And this is how we're going to uh, to go about this, guys. So I uh, appreciate the subscribing to the uh, the podcast. Appreciate you subscribing to the YouTube channel as well. And then appreciate you heading over to the website and giving us those clicks. For Steven, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.